Over 2,000 years ago, in the most unexpected way, in the most incredible way, hope was born in the form of a baby. How many times um, have we talked about a baby being born on Christmas, or we've heard those stories and the wise men and the shepherds and the goats and cows and traveling from afar, and we, it was kind of like a, our eyes glaze over. We kind of almost tune out. We've, you, you don't even have to be a follower of Jesus to, to hear this like narrative of the Christmas story. And today I am uh, simply just going to ask us to wade back into those waters maybe uh, in, a, in a new intentional way to just maybe see if there's something there for us that, that we haven't maybe seen because we let things kind of just glaze over because we think it's normal or it's just we've become accustomed or comfortable with this story. I th- I, I'm praying that, that, that today through this message there will be something fresh that will rise up in a very familiar story about a baby being born a long time ago. That a baby after, you know, for thousands of years, for generations, God's people, the nation of Israel, they were waiting for a Messiah, a savior, a king to to deliver them from bondage, to save their people. Waiting and waiting for decades, waiting, wondering, what would the Messiah look like? When would he show up? What would happen when he did? All of these questions and more is what we are focusing today and the next couple weeks as we lead up to our Christmas Eve services. In this season of Advent, of preparing our hearts for the coming of a king. To truly, what does it mean for, for us as God's people in 2021 to truly settle our hearts and look to the coming of a king? To look for the light in a dark world. This whole series, we're we're looking at this idea of waiting and wonder. We're all waiting, right? All of us. No matter your age, no matter the demographic, we we all are are waiting. In the midst of a Christmas season, in the midst of, of 2021 coming to an end, I have more gray in my beard this year than last year. I am confused by that. In the midst of stress, hence the gray in the beard. In the midst of another school year, in the midst of relationships, in the midst of your career, in the midst of a new reality. What are you waiting for? Really? 
Right now, I mean, we're going to pull the car over to the side of the road and I'm going to turn around and don't make me like we're going to have this moment. What are you waiting for? Really? Big or small? Are you waiting for an apology? Waiting for things to get a little easier? (laughs) Maybe you're waiting for test results. Waiting for breakthrough. Waiting for things to get back to normal. Waiting for people to stop talking about how tough the last 18 months have been. (laughs) Maybe you're waiting, looking at the clock, wondering how long will he go today? There's a lady a couple weeks ago, she... She was talking to David, and David saw like she had a bag with her, and, and, and he said, what's the bag for? It looks like a lunch. She goes, yeah, you never know how long the service was going to go. <laughs> waiting. <laughs> and waiting. Some of you are waiting for 12 o'clock today, waiting to see if the Bearcats will make the playoffs Waiting. Or or, or waiting. Some of you are waiting to decide if now is the right time to buy or sell stocks of Disney or U.S. Steel. They're both doing extremely well right now. By the way, um, we are ready and happy to receive all gifts of stock (laughs) at the end of the year this year. Both Whitewater and myself, for anybody who is trying to really get in some, this is a good year to do that, just FYI, if, if you're not, not sure, contact us. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for him to propose? <laughs> waiting for your boss to quit? Not me. <laughs> Think about you. Man, that's going to come back on me. Maybe you're waiting for a vacation. You're in your third trimester and you're waiting for a baby. <laughs> How long, oh Lord, will my feet hurt? The, right? You're waiting. Waiting for a housing market to change, to to level off. Waiting maybe for for her to come back home. You're waiting to be appreciated. Waiting to be seen. Waiting for things to change. waiting for the pain to go away. What are you waiting for? Hmm. Ooh, waiting for Jesus. 
How long, O Lord, will you tarry? Uh, Well, he tarries for our sake. Not for his, that's for sure. He waits for us to redeem the world, to be the answered prayers of so many. So many in your row are praying and crying out, and we are the answer to those prayers. He's waiting for us. (laughs) How about that? Who's waiting for Christmas? Anyone? I have one person in the back. Thank you. Two. I got two. I got three. Do I have three? Do I have three? Do I hear four? Do I hear four? Four, 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 five, five, six, 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 seven, 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 eight, seven, eight. Yeah. Waiting for Christmas. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. It is my favorite, hands down. Uh, We just started decorating yesterday, putting all the stuff out. It's so amazing. I promise you, this is not a threat. This is a truth. Our tree will be up in March. I'm letting you know that. I love waking up and just seeing the twinkling of the light. And it's just like, ah, it's amazing. What are you waiting for for Christmas? What, 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 is, what is on that list for you right now? What, what's on it? Uh, uh, a PS5. Anyone? Yeah, I heard it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Praise God to you, buddy. I'm praying for it. Uh, man, uh, it's going to be a big, that, that'd be a big, big answered prayer. There's, there's, those things are so hard to get right now. And third party, you're paying off the wazoo for them. What, what, are, you, what are you waiting for? for Christ- a new truck? Anybody trying to, trying to get that truck for that, all that work that you don't do? Um, so, not, but I need that truck. Fucking look. I need, didn't help anybody there. Uh, waiting for that little blue box from Tiffany's. An Oculus Quest 2, anybody? Yeah? Gonna get that quest. A hoverboard. Uh, That is what my daughter is waiting for. A hoverboard. Uh, Barbie Dreamhouse, anybody? Just gave one away. Yep. You think I'm kidding? Uh, AirPods, third generation. Anybody waiting for it? Yep, right there. I see you. Yep, AirPods. Praises and blessings upon you. Uh, Waiting for uh, the perfect Yeti tumbler, right? Just the right size, so, you know, to conceal the day drinking, you know? Um, (laughs) I know my people. (laughs) I've been to enough events in Hamilton County. (laughs) I ain't naming names. (laughs) You get that right tumbler, it's like, "Mm, this game is good. (laughs) Is it the game? I just love soccer in the freezing cold. This is amazing. <laughs> sure do had drink a lot of that yet. What are you waiting for? For Christmas, that is. An official Red Rider Carbine Action 200 shot BB gun? <laughs> you shoot your eye out, kid. Waiting. My gosh, waiting is so hard. I, for, for most of us, waiting is hard. It's few for easy. You know, it's easy for a few of us. But waiting is, uh, yeah, no, no thanks, right? Give me to me now, 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 now. Waiting is, you ever notice, here's something I, I was thinking about. You, you ever notice that, like, you know, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for something, and then you finally get or receive the thing that you have been waiting for, Right? 
And, 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 but and we just assume that once we receive the thing that we've been waiting for, that all of a sudden, uh, happiness and fulfillment surely will follow, right? Only to find out that what follows is disappointment in the thing that we've been waiting for and now more waiting for something else. It's a perpetual cycle of waiting. I guess it depends on what you're waiting for. I think more than that, actually, is whether your waiting is easy or hard, it, it's this. It's how we wait shapes who we become. What are you doing in your waiting? What do you do in your waiting? Is there any wonder in your waiting? Wonder is such a beautiful thing. Like, I, I, I remember uh, growing up as a kid, maybe some of you were like me, um, the Christmas tree would go up and the lights are on it and, and, and slowly as, as you know, the weeks kind of go, uh, Aunt Cheryl, you know, gives a gift and goes under the tree, and, and, and Grandma Betty gives a gift and it goes under the tree, and all of a sudden some gifts start showing up, right? The parents never did that to the, like, the last night, right? But slowly they started showing up, you know, and like, and like just like, like a, like a a flame to a moth, you know? You're just like drawn to it. But you know, my parents were torturous and they wouldn't let me touch it or go near it. Like I just could look at it and they're just miserable, you know? And, and they just kept showing up and I was just like, my eyes just filled with wonder. And, 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 and if you were like me, you would wait until everybody went to sleep and you would creep downstairs, <laughs> right? And, 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 and in my house, I knew exactly where to step on the stairs so it wouldn't creak, you know, you know, so, so make sure no one would wake up. And slowly, like there was a booby trap if you stepped wrong, right? You know, like, and you'd step trying to get close to that present and, and, and then like finally arrive like, like an Indiana Jones movie, you know? Listen, uh, for those uh, that didn't grow up in the 80s, this is my life, please. If you love your pastor, watch the Indiana Jones movies. And like you'd get there and, and, and you'd have this moment. <sighs> of which present will you grab? You only got one shot. And you'll slowly, you think I'm gonna pick up this candle, but I'm not, I promise you. <laughs> Oh, burn the place down. And you slowly, ever so quietly, grab the present, right? <laughs> Socks. <laughs> That's a bad day if you're smelling your gifts. <laughs> I need to talk to your Aunt Cheryl about that. <laughs> Were you like me? Did you slowly start to peel the tape away? <laughs> just to get the hint. Oh, 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 it was just a cat. You thought it was your parents, right? Heart beating. 
so full of wonder just for a, a present, a gift. Is there any wonder in our waiting anymore? Is there any worship in our waiting? Hmm. Do you still have any wonder in your waiting? I want to share with you a story that uh, many of you have probably heard before. Uh, Growing up in church or out of church or following Jesus or not, you probably heard it. A story about baby Jesus being born. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 8. And it talks about these shepherds. It says this, it says, that night there were shepherds in the field nearby. And they were guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them in the radiance. <sighs> Can't imagine what that looked like. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. <laughs> I probably would be too. <laughs> Right? An angel shows up out of nowhere. How often is it that when God shows up in all of his glory, our first response is fear? When the unexpected happens. When God is in our midst and he's working in a new way, it may be fearful, off-putting at first. Hmm. The angel reassured them and said, "Uh, don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid, the angel said, because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to, to, to whom? To all. Sometimes that's a hard one for us. To all people. Hmm. To all people. The angel continued. This is the greatest message ever shared. The Savior, yes, the Messiah. Okay, that got their attention. We were scared. Now you caught our attention. You're talking about the Messiah? Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will find and recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Remember that phrase? Lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. You want to talk about being afraid. This is terrifying. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. 
And when the angels had returned to heaven, some folks, they, they read the Bible and they read stories like this and they're like, oh my gosh, it's such a fairy tale. That's so weird. Heavens and, and an angel showing up and, and I can't buy all that. I can't get into all that stuff yet. The number one like selling storyline across books and movies and TV series is the supernatural, right? But we can't get on board with angels in heaven and demons. I, I don't know. So, so the angels appear and they go back to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, hey, let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing. Which what the Lord has told us about. And, and so they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds, they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this Child, all who heard the shepherd's story where they were astonished. But Mary, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their fields. They went back to what they were doing and what they were accustomed to. And they were glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Man, there's so much in here. And angels and heaven and baby Jesus lying there in his beautiful seven pound, seven ounce, you know, golden fleece diaper. Like, <laughs> now you know what kind of movies I watch. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky Bobby. Mary, Joseph. We're going to unpack all this over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas Eve. Uh, next week is, is Joseph, and the week after that is Mary, and then baby Jesus on, on, on Christmas services. Have you registered for our Christmas Eve services? Thursday at 6.30, Christmas Eve at 12, 2, and 4. You should register. They will fill up. You're welcome. <laughs> Today, though, I want to focus in on the shepherds. <laughs> shepherds of all things of all people I want us to see that this incredible and unexpected event happens to ordinary people in the middle of doing ordinary things of what they normally do it's too often like listen don't miss the miracle in the mundane for those of us that follow Jesus, we, sometimes we fall into this trap that, you know, we're thinking that for us to see the miracles and signs and wonders of God, we have to like abandon everything we know and we have to like change everything and we're going to go be a missionary to the Congo. Listen, if God specifically calls you to be a missionary to the Congo, then go. God bless. We'll support you. That's awesome. But if he doesn't specifically call you to be a missionary to the Congo, then he has already called you to be a missionary to your workplace and to your street and to your community and to your school and to your classroom and to your family. We're called to be missionaries right where we are. <laughs> now, 
God could have chosen to reveal the greatest news ever shared to anyone, right? Anyone. But he chose specifically to share it to these shepherds in the midst of shepherds doing what shepherds do, and this is not accidental. Why does this matter? Some of you feel like you're just stuck in doing what you've always done and all that, and you're like, why, God? Well, you haven't finished the assignment yet. You're not stuck. You've been stationed to do the good work that he has assigned for you to do. God will use you right where you are if you are willing to be used right where you are for his good and for his glory. I was uh, doing my research on these shepherds, and I've taught on this multiple times and what type of shepherds they are, and there's something that hit me in like the footnotes, like just at the bottom of uh, this life application study Bible, right? And it just had this footnote that for whatever reason, in the 10 years, this is the only time that it kind of like popped out at me, and I was like, oh, okay, let's dig in, and I did this deep dive, and it's, I'm telling you, I love this stuff. (laughs) These shepherds, you, you, you probably already know this, and, and so this is, so I'm not going to name him because then you'll think I'm, he's being prideful. I just, he's sitting over here. I should have talked to you about it. You probably could have told me a long time ago. The shepherds in this story were most likely, all these different scholars believe, uh, they were the shepherds that cared for the temple sheep. And the temple sheep, these sheep, they were specifically born and raised to be sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem. Well, that's great. Cool. Whatever. Uh, Track with me. Uh, So historically, uh, if you go over to the Holy Land, which uh, Kelly and I were supposed to do last year, but um, we're still waiting. So uh, it was a part of our package and they never delivered. So uh, I don't know what to do with that. COVID, not oh, really. Uh, so like when you go over, I've talked to those who have, and they said, you know, you'll stand in this spot um, and they'll say like, you're within a stone's throw of the actual spot of where the angel appeared to the shepherds, all right? And, and it's this area and it's called the Tower of the Flock or also known as Midgal Eder, all right? Tower of the Flock or, or Midgal Eder. Um, and, and this is just outside of Bethlehem. And so the shepherds, at Midgal Eder, they would raise Passover lambs. They would place these lambs in a stone manger and they would inspect them. And then they would certify them for use as sacrifices in the temple. And if they were seen as like acceptable and perfect and certified for sacrifice, then these new lambs would then be wrapped in strips of cloth to protect them as they grew and were prepared for sacrifice. So, this moment for me was like, right? Because it would mean that Jesus, the Passover lamb of God, who sacrificed his life to take away the sins of the world, was born in the same place which for generations other Passover lambs were born and bred for one particular reason to be sacrificed, right? 
This obscure shepherd moment in our Christmas story suddenly has this whole other depth of meaning behind it, right? That Jesus being born at Midgal Eder, at the Tower of the Flock, would also be the fulfillment of one of the messianic prophecies you know, that, was, that was spoken over 600 years prior to Jesus' birth, right? This one specifically found in Micah 4.8. I'll put it up there. It says, and you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, the Messiah. Even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Meaning, the future king, the Messiah, will not just come to, out of the city of Bethlehem, that's Micah 5.2, that this prophecy actually takes it a step further and says that it will come, the Messiah will come, to the tower of the flock. This is like one of those like, like end of the Marvel movies Easter egg scene at the end, right? Like what? For years, these shepherds were doing what they do, wrapping Passover lambs in strips of cloth only one day to find themselves face to face with the Lamb of God, baby Jesus, wrapped in strips of cloth, a baby lamb, born to die. It's no wonder that when they saw this baby, all they could do was worship. All they could do was praise. All they could do was tell everybody they could about everything that they had seen and heard. In the midst of their ordinary, in the midst of their mundane, in the midst of all that was going on, the waiting, they, they just they all they couldn't help but praise. They chose to praise. Even though that's not how they thought the Messiah would come. Even though that's not what that's not gonna happen. That like not like this, not like that. We need a king who's gonna come in and you know, and, and there's gonna be revolution, and there's gonna be king, and, and there's gonna be slaughter, and they're, they're, we're gonna have a new kingdom and a new like the, all of their preferences had to be stripped away to 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 accept a baby presented and wrapped and prepared. Like so many other lambs they had seen. And they had a choice in that moment to choose pride, like the stuff that I want and, and how I thought and my expectations and, and how I, 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 or will I just praise? They chose to get wrapped up in the awe and wonder and mystery of God in their midst and not hold tightly to expectations. Listen, how tightly clenched fits, how tightly we hold to our expectations is connected to how easily we see the wonder in our lives. See, open hands. Open hands are connected to an open heart that is ready to be filled by God. Is there wonder? Is there openness in our waiting? Is there praise? 
Or is there pride? Are we making it about us? And, and whatever it is you're waiting for. Remember, we, we, what are you waiting for? Like, are you praising or is it like, when's it going to happen? Like, no, um, like you're going to pop a blood vessel, you know, like, like it's not working out the way I thought it would. It's not my, in my timetable and my, I'm in my, and, and they go to, why isn't it happening? What would it, we can make it about us pretty fast. Ask a lot of questions. And listen, it's not wrong to ask questions. I want you to ask all the questions. Ask them all. But are we choosing to seek and see God in the midst of the questions, in the midst of the disappointment or the unexpected, in the midst of the waiting? In whatever it is that you're going through right now, will you seek God and give him praise? That can be hard. <laughs> this past year, I've been so humbled by, by, by so many of you. Humbled, I mean, to, to, to get small, to be humbled, to be small. You have done that to me. Because I've watched, like, the countless women and students and men who are, who are leading by example in this way, who are praising in the middle of the waiting. The wife that lost her husband a year ago to cancer. I, I watched her lift her hands the first Sunday back, the very next Sunday, and praise God for his goodness and mercy. Are you kidding? The mother who had a miscarriage after waiting for so long for a baby. I watched her and her husband like dig into their faith and like recommit to serving in their community. And I watched as their worship went to this other like authentic and raw, deeper level of worship. The father who recently lost a son to addiction and, and, and his response was just trusting Jesus as I watched them keep giving God praise and thanking God, knowing that their son was now at peace and now fully healed. The student, and this one levels me. I'm not telling you names on purpose because I don't want that, them to get the glory. But this one, man, this student, he lost everything. His mother and father abandoned him. He lost every material possession. He only had two things left, his friends and his church. And so he just kept showing up every Sunday. He found his tribe. He found those he could belong in and just kept showing up. And then he kept showing up and, and looking for ways to serve others. And right now he's back in Harbortown just taking care of other kids and loving on babies. Like, it just, I can't help but praise and worship. Do we worship in our waiting? 
See, what I learned from them, watching them, is that all along the way, as they gave praise, they found purpose and peace in their waiting. Listen, I know that things may be challenging right now for you. I know that for many of you, things are hard. And I know there is so much uncertainty. And I know that waiting can be almost unbearable. I just want to encourage you to push through the the weight. To push through and just try to lift your hands to worship however you worship. To worship while you wait. To be patient. (laughs) I have such a hard time with this. I have such an incredible son, though. When I struggle with with waiting and and, and being patient, uh, Noah will, I used to say he'll wrap me around like this, but now he's almost as big as me. He'll wrap his arms around me and just say, Daddy, patience is just the strength to wait. And you're pretty strong, Dad, so you can do this. The strength to wait. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord, the Lord shall renew their strength. Psalm 27, 14, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Please hear my heart. I'm not trying to give you anecdotal scripture that you can hang on a wall and think that that's cute and trite and it'll make you feel all good and warm and fuzzy. I'm not doing that. I'm telling you this, that I'm just a guy who has gone through hell like many of you and have gotten through it only because of God's word and God's people um, utilizing and bringing about the promises of God because of his word. A lot of people ask, how did you get through? Or how do you get through? So many of you have done this. Like, well, it's God's word and God's people delivering God's promises. It's not anecdotal scripture. It's it's everything. This is the stuff that gives us the power to be able to praise in the middle of the waiting in the middle of the mundane. This is the only way we can find the strength to be joyful in hope and and patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. What would it look like for you specifically to worship in the waiting? What would it be? To step forward in faith? to finally take this Jesus thing seriously, to be baptized, to to sacrifice time or talents or treasure. Like, What would it mean for you to worship in the waiting? Here's what I've learned, that if we choose to praise in the waiting with open hands and an open heart, we will reclaim the wonder in the waiting as we see the gift 
of Jesus for who Jesus really is. You can't help but see the wonder. Can't help but to find hope in the waiting. So Father, I come before you right now and I just thank you. I thank you, Father, for all you have done. It is enough. Father, we open up our hands and we open up our hearts. We open up our expectations. And Father, I just ask that you will just overwhelm us with your peace and your presence so that we may see you in the waiting. Help us to praise you even when it's hard. Father, I ask that you will overwhelm everyone under the sound of my voice with your presence and your peace that surpasses all understanding, that you alone can receive the glory and the praise. It's in your name that all God's people said, amen.